Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. What up? Welcome. It's Maggie and Perloff in for Jim Rome today, tomorrow, and Wednesday. Perloff, Aaron Rodgers is going through a spiritual awakening and can't wait to tell everybody about it. If you have a microphone, he wants to talk to you about his psychedelic trips, about his unconditional love for himself and his teammates to anyone who will listen. It's like the 60s is happening in Green Bay right now. I don't Summer know. of love in Green Bay. What is this love in football? Make this make sense to me, Maggie. <laughs> yeah, it's not what we're used to hearing, you know? We don't like to stereotype football players. It's not like they're all meatheads, just like, rah, 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 you know? But it is a little odd to hear Rodgers. It's to Peter King. It's to Albert Breer. It's to Pardon My Take. It's to anybody who wants to come and talk to him about it. It's like he's wearing a sign on a shirt that says, please ask me about my psychedelic trip. (laughs) But the one thing is, is usually I'm very cynical about these things. I believe that Aaron Rodgers believes he's changed. Okay. Whether he actually has, none of us are really going to know unless you're a close friend or in that Green Bay locker room. But I think Aaron Rodgers would like to believe he's changed. And there's two things about this that stand out to me. Number one, if this works somehow and he wins a Super Bowl this year after an 11-year drought, just get ready. Because the NFL is a copycat league. You think Rodgers is now going to be the last quarterback who goes to South America to do psychedelic drugs? You got another thing coming. You're not paying attention to this league. You're going to have all these quarterbacks making these meccas and these you know pilgrimages you know, down to go to Machu Picchu and then sit in for an ayahuasca ceremony. That's number one. This will catch on. Yeah, I am so sure that young quarterbacks around the league are watching this and saying, if Aaron Rodgers does it, I'm going to do it. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence is probably uh, on Expedia right now looking for a flight to Peru. Get have out of here. Of, Trevor Lawrence's brother talks about how he does psychedelics all the time. First of all, Aaron Rodgers did this drug two years ago, and they didn't win a Super Bowl that time. It's his second trip That's true. doing first ayahuasca. The first one didn't take, and now he has 100 <laughs> hands on him. The reason the Packers have not won a Super Bowl is not Aaron Rodgers. It's the other thing, too. Does ayahuasca gonna, Is something in him doing this drug going to help them from stopping Raheem Mostert from running for 220 yards on them? Is it going to help the weather in a game against the Niners in last year's playoffs? Is it going to prevent Tom Brady from torching them two years ago? I don't think this is an Aaron Rodgers problem with the Packers, and I don't understand how his personal journey is going to help them get to the Super Bowl. Okay, so that's the second thing about this, right? So, in theory, the way this usually works in sports is that for somebody as accomplished as Aaron Rodgers, who hasn't won in as long as Aaron Rodgers has won. Now, he's won MVPs, we know that but not Super Bowls, usually the pressure gets bigger and bigger, builds, builds, and builds. I think that Rodgers is taking the air out of the room or the balloon or whatever metaphor you want to use here. I think it's possibly like real straightforward spiritual journey, unconditional love. He's unpacking things maybe from his relationships or childhood or who knows. But I think there's another part of this where he's trying to, he's taking the pressure like away. It's almost like, Guys, you're going to talk to me about pressure in football? Like I'm not even that's not even the plane mm. that I'm I'm on right now. I'm on a I'm on a totally different level. And I think in some ways it sort of takes some of this attention away from the fact that Rodgers hasn't been to a Super Bowl in over a decade. And you think he's intentionally trying to have people not talk about his failures on the field or the team's failures on the field? By bringing up ayahuasca, he's going way too far, <laughs> no, Maggie. No. This is unbelievable. <laughs> it's the a thing that there's an attack. intent there, 
that you do all of this. And let's not forget about that weird cleanse he did in February. Yeah. This has been a building trend with Aaron Rodgers where he is on this completely different journey than anything we've ever seen from a quarterback. And the idea that other quarterbacks would copy this doesn't make any sense to me. The other thing I was wondering, he now likes his teammates. So he has not liked his teammates before, (laughs) which I think is really interesting. Is that that's what I am curious about as far as trends. If Aaron Rodgers is more loving and more opening of his teammates' mistakes, is this something that a young quarterback could see and say, wait, maybe I should follow that style? Although I'm sure a lot of young quarterbacks already do that. I wonder if it's already trended that way. Mm. Like, I don't get the sense that Patrick Mahomes is like some big jerk behind the scenes, like screaming at guys, like get in this place, get in that place. I think maybe it's a generational thing, but Mm. you're right. Like anything that works, other guys are going to want to copy, but it's kind of like a question out there for the audience. You can call us at 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Do you want your quarterback to just be a supremely nice guy, or do Mm. you want your quarterback to be a little bit of a jerk? Yeah. So what do you consider Tom Brady as a a measuring stick? Because he's a nice guy and a jerk. He yelled at Bill O'Brien. You see him chew out receivers. But then his teammates love him. Okay, so I've always said this about Brady and most quarterbacks, but especially him. He might put on, obviously, a very handsome, but like a very nice facade, Mm -hmm. and the guy's a stone-cold killer underneath. He obviously is. Rodgers may also be a stone-cold killer just because he, he talks about competitiveness and the drive and all that, and these guys don't get to this spot unless they are crazy about it, but... I think Rodgers is really going to the deeper tissue, you know, and like mm. trying to become a guy who loves everybody unconditionally. Yeah, what it mm. So, I guess I'm going to say Brady's a jerk. That's where I'm coming down to. I think Brady's a nicer person than Aaron Rodgers. There's just <laughs> How no do you way know? around. We don't because know. Because we've been around both of them. I mean, Rodgers is really cool. I, I haven't been around them. You have. You're catching touchdown well, passes from Aaron Rodgers, not yeah, me. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is funny. Aaron Rodgers would fit in with you and me very well. He's hysterically <laughs> funny. Third member of the show. He's very intellectual, just kind of a weird, he's a bit of a character. Tom Brady's a whole different animal. He's more of a politician. Okay. But look at the young quarterbacks. Can you imagine Trevor Lawrence or Tua or Dak Prescott or Lamar Jackson? Like These guys are cut from a completely different cloth. Aaron Rodgers, I think, is unique. I think he's one of one. I think this ayahuasca journey and everything he's saying now, I don't think there's a purpose behind it. I think he's just being honest, Maggie. I don't think he has a reason. Uh, no, there's a purpose behind it. I don't think it's to avoid pressure. I think he's just honest right now. He's trying to fix all these things from his past, and it happens to coincide with the football team. I, I like your idea that this is going to help take the pressure off them, help them win a Super Bowl maybe. I just don't see that, look at the past of Aaron Rodgers, that's the case. Well, we will see. Aaron Rodgers also opening up to PFT and Big Cat today. And, Pat, I believe we have that sound where they – to say that was a wide-ranging interview would probably be an understatement. (laughs) But they did get into – well, in a roundabout way, perhaps PFT and Big Cat got to the bottom of when Aaron Rodgers is actually going to retire. Saudi Arabia could give me $100 million? Yes. Instant yes. What's your number? Probably around Tiger's number. Mm. Eight hundred million. So there is a chance. Now, I'm gonna make some calls. Everybody's, I'm gonna work my everybody's ass. Everybody's got off. a price. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, we've all got a price. I will work my ass off to try to get Live or Jeopardy or anything you want to do. I'm an Aaron Rodgers fan. I'm gonna make sure that you're happy doing anything besides football in three more years. Ooh, okay. Well, so you're saying it. you're gonna retire after three years? Maybe four. 
<laughs> and now here we are again on Rogers retirement watch. We knew it was obviously, you know, he's back in. he's committed to this year. We know that it played a role in Devonte Adams wanting to leave because he wasn't sure when Rogers was actually going to retire. And now you hear three years, maybe four. Wait, 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 wait. You hear three or four years. He's sitting in the room with big cat, the world's most famous Chicago bears fan. Who's been needling. He's been calling for Aaron Rodgers to be arrested on Twitter for yeah. 10 years now. <laughs> yeah. He was needling big cat there. Do you, are you taking that three or four years seriously? Well, he said he didn't want to play until he was 45, right. and he's going to be 39 in December. So, sure. He did say he was considering retirement. No, that that was, I think, because of the situation. Just to troll Big Cat. I think okay. so. I, I don't know. That whole interview, there were so many wacky parts. It's hard to take news facts out of it. And, and by the way, uh, that was an interview that was many, many years in the working. Yeah. There is a real back and forth between Rodgers and uh, those two guys. So I, I can't take that as hard news. The, did you hear the other questions in there? <laughs> I mean, he was asking about live tour. Yeah. I mean, just the idea that everybody has a price. There was another really interesting thing that happened with Green Bay. And this is a dear colleague that you and I used to mm-hmm. share. Obviously, Perloff and I first started working together at Sports Illustrated, where we worked together for many, many years. And we also worked with Peter King. So Peter is taking his big training camp tour, and he was just with Aaron Rodgers. Now, He's got a lot of quotes from Rogers also about the ayahuasca tour and all the, uh, the, the ceremony, pardon me, and all that went down in Peru. But he also said, and this was Peter's take, that the fact that the Packers have replaced their special teams coach, and it's now Rich Basaccia, the former interim coach for the Las Vegas Raiders, Peter believes that's going to have a bigger impact on the Packers this year than Devontae Adams leaving. Yeah as a uh, being traded rather from the team. I can sort of buy that. The issue is who's going to take all those reps because they have, they're relying on two rookies. I know Romeo Dobbs is the training camp darling of the entire NFL, the fourth round pick. Right. Christian Watson is hurt. Alan Lazard's a number one. Yes. I think Aaron Rodgers can make any receivers great, but they still need some bodies in there. Special teams was so bad last year. It was. I, I think that's a great quote. Everyone loves Bisaccia. I think this could be true. Can you buy that? No, (laughs) no, I I don't. I mean, you and I have like a fundamental disagreement about the worth of wide receivers. Mm -hmm. Just the Cliff Notes version is I think that the really great wide receivers matter and that they make your offense better. Perloff thinks that wide receivers, the new running back, you just kind of keep cycling them through. You shouldn't pay them huge, huge amounts. And that this is sort of a, a position that's now become a lot more fluid. I think the guys who are great are great. Devontae Adams. I think Tyreek Hill helps the Dolphins. I think A.J. Brown's going to help your Philadelphia Eagles. I think Stephon Diggs helps my Buffalo Bills. There are just a lot of wide receivers, I think, that are game changers. I think Cooper Cup having outstanding mm. year obviously helped the Rams. Of course it did. You know. Uh, yeah, but Cooper Cup, let's take him. Did you notice he was a completely different receiver when Matthew Stafford got to L.A.? Right, because it's a quarterback league. It's bro, a quarterback, if I get that. But isn't it ironic the guys that at the, the top t- matter. It, they me. don't. The two highest paid wide receivers are two of the highest paid wide receivers, Devontae Adams and Tyree Kill. They had Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers throwing to them. It's a lot easier to play wide receiver when you have Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers throwing to you. So I, I think it's the quarterback, and I think that Rodgers and Mahomes will show you that this year. They're going to have big numbers despite losing their stars. You know, you might be right, but I think those guys are worth the money, and I think they especially help – they help – good quarterbacks and great quarterbacks be even better. And I think they help developing quarterbacks get much better, you know, like a Tua, like when Josh Allen, you know, for the bills, when, when Stefan Diggs got there. So 
Can I ask a question? I don't think yeah. that Rich Basaccia is going to be ultimately the difference. Of course, the special teams had to get better, but to me, I can't get behind that comment. Can I ask a question sure. to help the, the new audience get to know us a little better? Yeah, sure. Did you have to Google ayahuasca when this story came out? No. How much did you know about it? <laughs> How much question. did you know about it? I did know about it. Right. I, I have friends who have, I have one friend is actually a friend's boyfriend who had done it before okay. and told me about what his experience was like. I've seen it in movies. I knew, and you throw up a lot, right? Yes. It's sort of like, but I did not know if it was legal or not. I have to admit, I, I immediately Google that. <laughs> As, is it? Uh, there is also a question, will the NFL look into this? It's legal where he did it in Peru, so okay. the NFL, I think, is going to leave it alone. I don't think it's legal, and I have no idea if it's on the NFL drug policy. I wouldn't know that in a million years. Yeah, so apparently somebody asked the NFL, I believe, yeah. and they got a, I think it was Peter King, and got a big no comment back. I don't think they're going to retroactively go back and find Aaron Rodgers, find him for this, or try to suspend him. If it was legal, is that the kind of thing that, that you would do or we no. would do as a show? <laughs> for content? No, for content I'm not going on, on air. a mind-bending, altering, psychedelic trip for content for the show. Apologies. I've know. got a line I can't cross You're not it. curious what a hundred hands of your ancestors <laughs> would feel like at one time? Nothing no. Aaron Rodgers... Also, I would not can do my it. ancestors, like, you know, keep it to the shoulders and the back, you know? I don't know about my ancestors. I don't want to know. I don't want a hundred hands on me. No, thank you. Yeah, I don't like throwing up, so I've never been interested in the drug before, <laughs> but Aaron Rodgers' description at least made me curious... Okay, but don't you think like with a lot of these psychedelic yeah. drugs, and again, I don't know, not an expert, never yeah. done it, but the, as much as you have a possibility of having this great spiritual awakening, isn't there also a possibility mm. of a really bad trip and then you end up like just cowering in a corner for yeah. six hours? which would probably be even better content for the show. <laughs> no, I think, I'm not doing it for our Instagram reel or our TikTok account. I don't know. I, I don't sense your dedicate like Aaron Rodgers <laughs> is to the Packers. I unconditionally love okay. you guys already. I don't need to take drugs for it. If the Packers win the Super Bowl this year, yeah. will you do ayahuasca for the Maggie and Perloff show? No. <laughs> I will videotape wow. you doing it. Samter's raising his hand? I'll do it. Hell Get yeah. out of here. Hell yeah. You don't have... You're not that adventurous. I've seen Young Guns way too many times to not be intrigued as to what may or may not happen after taking that. Young Guns came out in like 1991. Yeah. You when had When I was 11 years time. old and super impressionable, and now I've always wanted to do it I since know, then. But now you're over 40. You've had a chance to do this for many, many years if it was actually about Young Guns, and you never did it. This I, is why I'm calling your bluff. I just didn't have the chutzpah to do it. <laughs> yeah. We'll see if that changes. Also, <laughs> if the Packers win the Super Bowl, none of us on the show are Packer fans. No, but you oh, said... just in solidarity? Basically, you're hinting that the ayahuasca will become a giant trend among quarterbacks <laughs> if the Packers finally win the Super Bowl this year again. I know. Do I look like Geno Smith? I'm not. Oh. <laughs> We've got news about him later. I didn't think he was going to make it into the show. First day, we're filling in for Jim Rome, and Geno Smith's going to make an appearance. Yeah. Not I, him, actually. Just a, a I, little story. I got to tell you, I would want to know all these quarterbacks, what their ayahuasca journey... Derek Carr's ayahuasca journey? <laughs> I would tune in for that. Oh, that's interesting. So which quarterbacks ayahuasca journey do you think would be the most interesting um <sighs> i can never see carson wentz doing ayahuasca but i'd like to know what he finds <laughs> baker out. mayfield baker, oh, baker would try ba to fight it. it like baker's I'm, not, ayahuasca. I'm not hallucinating i promise this uh, i'm still in control baker's ayahuasca would be the best that would be even more fun than aaron Rodgers. maybe do we tweak this a little bit who really needs one mm. you know that's why i was thinking carson wentz could yeah, use some could ayahuasca loosen up a little bit exactly seems a little tense get in touch with his ancestors <laughs> Do you want to see Matt Ryan taking a... No. Nah. I feel like he's probably done it, actually. Him and Matthew Stafford on vacation <laughs> With Leonardo in Mexico. DiCaprio? Yeah, he's When Leonardo DiCaprio licked his wife's face? Maybe they were on ayahuasca then. I don't know.
Yeah, Derek Carr probably needs it. <laughs> I th- I think a lot of expectations this year. A little <laughs> ayahuasca to relax him. Uh, see, there's nothing about this that sounds relaxing. I'm surprised that's what you're getting from this. When people describe something as a journey, like think about it. When you are, see, I can't even say using massage anymore. Thanks to Sean Watson, you ruined that. But say you're actually getting an actual massage and your intentions are just to de-stress. Like a normal massage. A normal person, a typical person. Do you ever say, I'm going on a journey? When you go on a journey, it includes like something about that kind of implies struggle. No. I'm not a journey person. I, I've, I'm not sure I've ever been on a journey. I've been on trips. I've gone to Europe. That was me. But I've never been on a journey, which is making me think maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I'm missing ayahuasca. Well, if the Packers win the Super Bowl, Pearl off, it's all yours. The floor is yours for our TikTok account. Oh, wait. I've been trying to put this on you. Now you're putting it on me. It's just volleying right back and forth. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. What I think is funny about this is I believe you would do it. I believe Pat would do it. I don't believe Samter would do it. And I'm on record of saying I would not. So there we go. Get out. I'm surprised you haven't done it, by the way. <laughs> no. I, you, uh, if I'm we're going to compare these things, well, we should we should go to break because I don't want to start this conversation <laughs> about uh, Maggie Gray in the 2000s. Yeah, Townie Maggie. That's what they call me, my alter ego. <laughs> Welcome back to the Jim Rome Show. Maggie and Perloff filling in. You can, of course, follow us on Twitter at Maggie and Pearl. What's our, and we just started a TikTok account last week. It's blowing up, as the kids say. <laughs> we have 100 followers. We have 100 followers. This thing is off and running. Yeah. It's, our social, our, excuse me, 104. Our, uh, our social media manager and guru yeah. is Perloff's 11-year-old daughter, yeah. Lucy. We follow her instructions without question. Anything she says, we do yeah. immediately, including stupid dances that make us look ridiculous well the dance that we did on friday juju smith schuster who to me is the ultimate social media master did the same dance on sunday and he looked a lot better (laughs) shocker but that that was not the biggest news around camps this weekend in la matthew stafford yeah reportedly has an elbow issue that has been compared to a baseball injury which immediately when you hear elbow and baseball you think it's gonna be deadly serious he worked out this weekend was throwing deep balls all over the place and they seem to downplay it. We, I We have some sound from yeah, Matthew I wanna, Stafford. This okay. is actually from earlier today. He was speaking to the media about how his elbow is feeling. I just have a little soreness. We're working through it. I felt pretty good today. I thought it looked pretty good. But just trying to be smart with it and make me feel as good as I can feel going into week one and, and uh, while still getting as many reps as I can too. Yeah, see, I'm still nervous. <laughs> okay. I don't care. He if sounded Matthew, pretty calm there, though. Matthew Stafford sounds amazingly calm. Sean McVay sounds calm. Well, for him. But, but there's one rule of the NFL. Nobody repeats. It hasn't happened mm. since the Patriots in the early 2000s. So you sit back and you wait and say, what's going to go wrong here? It's so hard to stay healthy from year to year. And the Rams are not a young team. I just, uh, I'm just i sort of sitting back and, and waiting for something to go wrong this feels like something that could go wrong, Maggie. Yeah, I can't tell if also, listen, we could take them at face value and maybe this is getting better and Sean McVay saying he's sleeping well at night because Stafford's throwing the ball all around the field. And I can also see this as one huge cover-up that everybody on the team is totally buying into. The company line is, don't say anything about the elbow. You still have John Wolford taking first team snaps and just we're all going to pretend like everything's okay. Yeah, our buddy Mike Tannenbaum over at ESPN suggested that missing practice was a very serious issue in this offense, Sean McVay's offense. 
he wants to bring in Jimmy Garoppolo to the Rams. I don't see how that makes any sense. First of all, Jimmy G's still on the 49ers. If he weren't going to, if we thought that he, they weren't going to trade him to Seattle, you think they're going to trade him to the Rams? No. You think Kyle Shanahan wants to trade a quarterback to Sean McVay? These guys are like frenemies who are constantly competing with each other. No chance it's in the division. If Jimmy G gets cut, which a lot of people think, you really going to bring him into this situation? I, I don't think it makes sense. And on top of that, maybe that's why they're speaking so, like, you know, positively about Stafford's elbow now. Before it was an abnormal injury that, like, you know, run yeah. for the hills, and now it's like, no, 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 maybe it's all right. Maybe they're trying to hold off any kind of, like, uh, distractions, like a Jimmy G rumor. Yeah, and also I, I think Matthew Stafford's a veteran quarterback. He doesn't need that much work in practice. So Jimmy G has to get cut by August 30th, or there'll be a $27 million cap hit against the Niners. Okay. August 30th. Jimmy G's going to learn Sean McVay's offense yeah, between August 30th. And any, I oh, guess I could. Jared Goff learned it. I think anybody can. Oh, he just thinks he doesn't the know sun, it. Oh. the sun rises in the West. He went to, <laughs> Jared Goff went to Cal. You know how hard it is to get into Cal? What did he take there? <laughs> uh, I, he obviously wasn't an astronomy major. <laughs> and nothing about earth sciences I don't think got through. Uh, so Jimmy G could come in and be a late season replacement possibly. You're right. It doesn't make sense. But if he is cut and you're the Rams, and the other one that he keeps getting linked to, if you're the Browns. Right. It's getting I, late on that, too. It's getting late on that. He's got to learn Stefanski's offense in Cleveland. But he's going to get cut, Maggie, in you know, all these situations. Wait a couple weeks. Guys are going to get injured. Something's going to happen there. So to summarize, you are not worried about the Stafford injury. You want to go on the record saying you're okay right now? Um, Sure. I don't believe anybody ever. <laughs> Why would I believe them now? Um, I think everyone's lying to us at all times. Yeah. That's just who I am. Um, do I think Stafford's I think Stafford's elbow is going to be an issue this year. Yeah. And yes. Aaron Donald's getting older. Everybody, the Cam Akers coming off an injury. Cooper Cup can't possibly have that kind of season. They don't have Odell Beckham Jr. There's all sorts of Andrew Whitworth's gone. There's all sorts of problems on the offense, you know, changes on the offensive line. They're a great team on paper. But this is the only thing I'll say against the Rams. Is no one repeats. It just does not happen in today's NFL. Yeah. So that's why I'm nervous. I would be nervous about them too. But I think they would also say this is worth it. You know, mm. they got their Super Bowl out of it. Mm -hmm. I don't know if anyone was really expecting the Rams to all of a sudden become a dynasty outside of maybe their front office. Well, the great head coach. That's one reason you could think yeah, that. Yeah, who was already talking about possibly retiring. I mean, I don't know. It seems like everyone over there might be a little burnt out from, you know, they made two Super Bowl runs, McVay. And... I, d I never saw this as the next great dynasty because it felt like guys were getting a lot older. Yeah. Um, they sort of made two Super Bowl runs. They did. I mean, one and a half. I mean, they got to a Super Bowl, didn't score a touchdown. That, that just doesn't even count. But should they have really <laughs> been in that Super Bowl? It was yes. A certain pass interference call. You're right. Drew Brees that, somewhere shaking that, his fist at a cloud. A little bit of an asterisk Super Bowl. But last year, is what that was a real Sean McVay team, and he is a great coach. If he sticks around, I think he could do it again. I just, I'm worried about just the no repeating thing. I would not bet on the Rams this year to, you, to win the Super Bowl. But you don't, I mean, obviously in the NFL, we know repeating, it's very, very hard. But you don't even think that we're going to get repeats in the NBA. You think like no. dynasties are over. In the no, NBA. the NBA has been such a hodgepodge. Uh, I know you hate that word. It sounds like a sad dad word. No, hodgepodge, I don't mind. When you say fuddy-duddy, I yeah. cringe a little bit. But look at the last four or five finals in the NBA. It's been different teams and totally random teams like Celtics, Warriors, Raptors are in the mix, Bucks, Suns. So NBA is uh, getting to NFL-like parity. The NFL does have parity. Even, I know you think the NFC is weak this year. Yeah. 
The Bucs are going to have something to say. I've been calling it the say. junior varsity. The Bucs are going to have something to say about the Rams getting back. The Packers, for sure. And you know how I feel. The Niners. Trey Lance is any good. Watch out for the Niners as well. So I think it's going to be really a tough road for the Rams. Okay. We have a question out. I put it on my Twitter. Did you retweet it, Samter, from the Maggie Perloff account? Okay. I'm just at Maggie Gray. Easy peasy. Um, which NFL quarterback needs to take an ayahuasca trip? Hmm. Like, who should be the next guy who's booking the flight to Peru to get down there for the ceremony. Um, Lindsay OK, who's on Twitter, I know, I think we both follow her, said Carson Wentz, just like you. Yep. So you got two votes for Wentz. Uh, Ange2157 says Sam Darnold looks a little tense. Mm. Um, our buddy Zach Gelb, anyone who's ever played quarterback for the Bears. Amen. It's oh, a, that's absolutely. almost as a reward. You made it. <laughs> yes, to try and at least get your spirit out of there. Because your body has to stay <laughs> yeah. there and get battered behind that offensive line. It's like sinking into a hot tub, but instead it's a psychedelic trip. Oh, you know what? If you're a Bears quarterback, you need something because they do not get set up for success. <laughs> I think the fans need that ayahuasca trip more than the quarterback. At least he's getting paid. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Maggie and Perloff in for Jim Rome today, and we could be getting clarity on the only true quarterback battle in the NFL. Ooh. It's time to ask the pros where you, the listener, gets to ask us a question brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Simply check out the link, cbssportsradio.com slash askthepros, or tweet your question at CBS Radio, at CBS Sports Radio using the hashtag askthepros. Be listening later in the show when we might answer your question. Maggie, we need a good co- quarterback controversy. <laughs> okay. Like, we need you want to just cook one up out of thin air? I feel like that's been missing this August so far because that usually is the main storyline of training camp, and it's been kind of weak this year. Okay, so the one true quarterback battle that seems to be going on, of course, is in Carolina. So we're going to play a little game we like to call Do You Buy It? This is an all-NFL coaches edition. Thank you. We've got some quotes from some coaches. Perloff and I will tell you whether we think they're telling the truth. Samter, tee us off. All right, well, the Panthers' QB room is crowded with Baker, Darnold, and Matt Corral, but Matt Rule isn't in any rush to name a starter. I don't see us making any major decisions at any position. I don't start, I'm not putting a timetable on the quarterback position. But at anything, even like you guys asked me about left tackle, until after we get from the Patriots week. I think the Patriots week is a like, true litmus test for us. So, Maggie, do you buy that Rule doesn't know yet who his starting QB is? Yeah, go get your ass kicked by the Patriots a little bit. That should clear things up. Um, (laughs) Ask Sam Darnold what it's like to play the Patriots. That was the famous game where he said, I'm seeing ghosts. Um, That basically was ushered out the end of the Sam Darnold era in New York. I don't buy this. I think they've made a decision. I think that decision is Baker Mayfield. I think that somehow Sam Darnold would have to be the second coming of Joe Montana to get that job. I'm not buying this at all. This is set in stone. It's just a matter of time until Baker gets named the starter. Yeah, I can't agree more. You know, the Vegas odds on betonline.ag has Baker Mayfield as the strongest favorite to start of the four undecided situations. Everybody thinks it's going to be Baker. There's even a rumor out today that Sam Darnold's on the trade market. Not that anyone would take him in his fifth-year contract. Yeah. This is Baker's job. I follow enough of these Twitter throws for Baker Mayfield. He looks healthy. He looks good. I see no way Darnold wins this job. I don't know why Matt Rule's waiting. I can't quite figure out why Matt Rule's waiting. Maybe to keep Baker Mayfield humble. Build some drama. All right, Samter, who's next? Well, Pete Carroll has his own QB competition in Seattle, but after lauding Drew Locke all offseason, Carroll isn't quite ready to move past it to move him past Geno Smith on the depth chart. 
Chino continues to be in top. You know, he's he's ahead. He's been uh, he's been in the lead for all the obvious reasons, and he's holding on to it and doing a really good job of battling. So Perloff, do you buy that Gino could actually start week one in Seattle? I do not buy that. I think it's going to be Drew Locke. Over the weekend, Drew Locke had a big simulated game. He was 19 for 26 against the first team offense. <laughs> the fact that you were able to yeah. rattle off those stats oh, is yeah. hilarious to me. A big simulated game, guys. Four dry- 19 for 26. That means there's only seven incompletions. I actually, in this story, I don't Thanks, have math major. I don't have Geno Smith's numbers in here, <laughs> I but I assume say, they're fair. What about Geno in the simulated game? This is just eyeballing it. I think most people think it's Drew Locke's job to lose yeah. here, despite Pete Carroll saying it's Geno Smith. Remember, Pete Carroll's most famous move ever was to pull out Matt Flynn, who they had just signed for big money in Seattle, and start Russell Wilson. So I think at some point in August, he's going to pull Drew Locke aside and say, the job is yours, buddy. I do believe this. I think that whatever quarterback is going to give the Seattle Seahawks the better chance of losing games is going to be starting. And I don't think that Pete Carroll's really in on a tank. But listen, besides two wide receivers who are one is probably great in DK Metcalf and one is very, very good in Tyler Lockett, besides maybe a piece or two on the defense, I just really don't see what Seattle is doing here if it's not a full rebuild. A full rebuild makes a lot of sense here. Pete Carroll can preside over this rebuild. And if you want to lose games, do I have the quarterback for you? (laughs) Geno Smith. That dude can lose a game in tons of creative ways. So I do believe this. I think Seattle's on the way to a rebuild. What's next? Well, Carson Wentz has reportedly been struggling with accuracy during commander's camp. I can't say commander's. It It just feels weird to me. We'll get used to it. Yeah, but Ron Rivera apparently isn't worried. I was a lot better than you give him credit for just because of the way things happen in practice. There's a lot of little nuances that we see, that we look at, that we get to we get to review. Yeah, there's some some inaccuracies, but it's it's, it's nothing that you know we are overly concerned with. So, Maggie, do you buy that Rivera is actually confident in Carson Wentz? No, and man, do I feel bad for Ron Rivera? You know, we talked to him at the Super Bowl pearl off, and I I don't want to you know. I'm not trying to make fun of Ron Rivera, but he was just very thirsty for a quarterback at that Super Bowl. He was very open about how they're calling everybody. They were just indiscriminately looking for anybody who could throw the football. They land on Wentz. I mean, I don't know. It sounds like you're trying to talk yourself into, like, you're dating somebody and they just kind of suck, but you're just talking yourself into it because you don't want to be alone. That's what I'm getting from Ron Rivera. It's rough. Yeah, I'm actually surprised that Carson Wentz has struggled this much in training camp. Carson Wentz, say what you will, he's talented, he has a great arm. He was in the MVP talk last year. He's not a bad quarterback, but he needs everything to be right around him. So I don't know why training camp is reportedly going so badly. The defense for the commanders is finally showing something. I agree. That's a great point. But I think Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott, anybody could be in Washington. That team is a terrible place for a quarterback. I don't think they're going to get their act together. I don't think this is going to work with Carson Wentz. Sorry, Ron. I'm not buying it either. Who's next? Well, Dan Campbell is next. And we know he's great for a soundbite in Detroit. And his latest comments to fans will have you ready to run through a brick wall. Nobody will take advantage of our hospitality. Nobody. All right. They're grinding it out right now. And I know this. We are freaking starving. We are starving. So the hyenas better get out of the way. Herloff, do you buy the Lions will actually finish outside of the basement in the NFC North this year? I'm not making the same mistake again. Last year when he was going to eat kneecaps, I was all about Dan Campbell and the Lions. They ended up 3-13-1. and 13 and one. Very bad luck season. They should have won more games. 
I think they're going to improve, but I don't. I don't think they'll be in the basement. I think the Bears are going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. But I don't think that they're going to push the playoffs or even come close to 500, despite these amazing, amazing sound bites. Yeah. Um, I can't get there. I, I, I just don't see the Lions having a good year. They have good individual pieces. But I'll tell you what the, about Dan Campbell. Either the guy's hungry or he's crying. These are the two speeds that Dan Campbell has. He's eating kneecaps, he's hungry, hyenas, or he's like in a press conference crying because they lost in a last second way. First of all, we got to stop interviewing this guy before lunch. I think <laughs> this is definitely playing a role. He <laughs> yeah. just is hungry, so it's like on his mind, and he's coming up with all these ridiculous things to say. And, you know, we've got to uh, try to get the Lions a couple W's here. They have a lot of good players. Yeah. They have young, good players. I think the media is really in on him, though. We love a good soundbite. We love Mike McDaniel in Miami. He always has a great soundbite. The first-year coach there. Yeah. The the What we learn, though, is a great soundbite and a great press conference doesn't mean really anything. No. Rex Ryan had a ton of them. Although they did go to two AFC Championship games. But, yeah, I, it doesn't mean much. Remember who had the worst one last year was the Eagles brought in Nick Sirianni. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he that guy buried himself. He buried himself. Then he <laughs> made the playoffs. He was talking about fertilizer and stuff and making things grow. It was awkward. <laughs> yeah, and he was actually great. He was 9-8 and eight with a team that hadn't been good in a little while, so I, I think it's a huge mistake to overemphasize press conferences, especially from coaches. Yeah, I love it. A team that hadn't been good in a little while. They won the Super Bowl in 2018. That's your team. Wait, wait, okay. wait, wait. Nick Sirianni, you're telling me you expected him to be 9-8 and eight last year after that opening press conference? No, I don't even know if he's like, I know he's the head coach, but is that in name only? I don't even know what he does around there. Apparently, they changed the whole offensive philosophy to one that actually works, and it wasn't even his idea. Anyway, um, speaking of awkward... <laughs> Um, is it awkward when you ask a team to trade you and they just flat out say no? <laughs> like in one of the most, I would say, sad trade requests of all time, Kareem Hunt. First of all, <laughs> he did this thing all wrong. Apparently he was asking about a new contract in June. But if you really want a new contract, you got to like do the Kyler Murray playbook. I mean, Kyler kind of executed that pretty flawlessly. I mean, it didn't. Once we found out about the homework clause in the contract, maybe that didn't go so hot. But you got to scrub the social. Your agent's got to put something out there. You've got to threaten to go play another sport or threaten maybe not to come. Then you've got to go back on all of that and show up anyway. Like, what's Kareem Hunt doing here? Of course they're not going to trade you. Was he waiting for a training camp injury or something to get more leverage with another team? I don't understand it either. Yeah, I would. I think there are a lot of teams who would want Kareem Hunt. He's a really good running back. He almost feels a little wasted in Cleveland because Nick Chubb is so good. Yeah. Uh, I know one team, my team, the Philadelphia Eagles, could definitely use a Kareem Hunt. Yeah, but you got to give him a new contract. You yeah. guys, you gave A.J. Brown right. a new contract. You and also, a running back? Uh, Kareem Hunt burned a lot of bridges in KC, so I think the Eagles are still probably connected to Kansas City, so that's not going to happen. Mm. Uh, I, I think Kareem Hunt's a really good player. I don't think he's necessarily well thought of yet around the league for yeah, a lot of reasons. Of course. So I think he has the ball out to have a chance to make this money. The other thing is running back is not wide receiver. It's been the the summer of paying wide receivers. Running backs, have we heard anything about that? It's the opposite. No, I mean, Derrick Henry got an extension last year, right? right. Um, you have the Todd Gurley disaster. You have the Panthers. Actually, we're talking about at least people say we're talking about trading Christian McCaffrey. You have Saquon Barkley. There's so many running back investments that have not worked Ezekiel out. Elliott. 
Ezekiel I mean, Elliott, yes. Yeah, Saquon that deal hasn't gotten terrible fully now. paid yet. I mean, he got a lot just for being the second overall pick. But I'll tell you what, like, there's the obvious headline uh, in Cleveland, of course, which is Deshaun and all of his troubles yeah. and all of the really troubling stuff going on with him. But is there anything that makes you feel really positive at all mm. about this team? Is it like one thing after the next, after the next? Like, does anyone feel like they're on the same page? I, I don't know. Jacoby Brissett likely going to be starting for the full year. Maybe this is just the you you lie in your bed after you make it when you make this big move for Deshaun Watson when he was coming with all the controversy he did. But even beyond that, it feels like it's snowballing in a very prototypically Browns way yeah. to just make this just feel worse and worse and worse. There's been so much excitement and buzz around this team. When Baker Mayfield was there and Odell Beckham Jr. was there, remember it became the Cowboys were the number one team in the NFL. The Browns were right behind them because those are two players who everybody loves to talk about. Yeah. So Odell is gone. Baker is gone. They still have talent. We love Miles Garrett. We think Nick Chubb is a really talented running back. Denzel Ward. Yeah, Denzel Ward's a good quarterback. There's some good offensive linemen. This feels like a lost year. I don't know what's going to happen with the case with Deshaun Watson. It still feels like there's no way they're going to get it together and be a playoff team. No. Uh, uh, no. And with the AFC as looking as deep as it ever has. Yep. It's funny. I was reading an article uh, by The Ringer on Kansas City, kind of doing a deep dive. And, man, I know, like, we're not actually sleeping on Kansas City, but because of the arms race in the AFC West, there's just a lot of newcomers to sort of talk about, like shiny objects like Devontae Adams, obviously mm. Russell Wilson in Denver. You got, you know, Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson with the Chargers. Like, there's just a lot of fun stuff to talk about with the other teams. But Mahomes, first of all, gets a little candid about what happened in the second half of the AFC Championship game, which was they were holding a 21-3 lead over the Bengals, and he says – they just got really tight and were playing not to lose. They went into that halftime thinking, we're going to the Super Bowl again. And yeah. now and then they just like froze up and just could not execute and they played not to lose and it burned them. So him going through his slump at the beginning of the year, air quotes slump, but for mm. him it was bad. Then losing that way in the AFC Championship game, like may I don't want to say like woke a sleeping giant, but like it seemed at least by this article that it forced Mahomes to like really feel the sting doing more on like fundamentals mechanics. You could say this is all just, I'm getting like lured in with this cliched crap, right. but I wonder if Mahomes and of course they trade away Tyree kill. I wonder if he's coming back and like even adding more and more to his game. They're scary. But who cares about Mahomes? The problem is the defense is specifically the secondary. If you get it past eight yards on a screenplay against <laughs> that secondary, I know they have some new pieces there. Some of them are really young, you saw the Bills game. That defense is terrible. It was last year. Now, I don't think they added enough, especially when you look around the AFC West. Yeah, but think about it. In that game, the, yeah. the divisional game that you're talking about, the 13 seconds left game that the Bills yeah. lost, the Bills had the number one defense going into that game, and Kansas City was scoring on them at will. Like, when the offenses are so good, I know a great defense can stop them, but, I mean, both of those defenses were getting torched that day. Yeah, well, in the second half, I know everything came down Mahomes, but the defense was terrible in the second half against the Bengals. Mm -hmm. This is a, an old story. Again, getting back to Andy Reid and the Eagles, we saw this before. The offense stays great, but do they protect the defense enough? That's what I'm worried about. I love Mahomes. I think he's going to be great without without um, Terry Kill. I think there's a lot of pieces there. Sky Moore, I'm drafting everywhere in fantasy, the rookie. <laughs> When's I, I'm, your first fantasy draft? Uh, in two weeks. My big money one, I got to invest heavily, a lot of time. Wow. Could win. Do you up. want to tell us how much money or do you not want to share that? Uh, like I when you say big share. money, what are you saying? 
Uh, we would win in double digit thousand dollars, over twenty thousand dollars. So look at you. I'd be studying too. What are you doing here? But even uh, Jim would want you to be off studying right now. Multiple investors in the team. So, (laughs) okay. Yeah. Wait, so who gets the final say? How do you guys draft? Well, there's been a text thread. That's why Sky Moore kidding me. We had a 20 minute discussion about Sky Moore, the rookie that the Chiefs drafted. Wait, hold on one second, though. Yeah. Are you the only person who works in media who's on your team? Yes. Okay. So, this is all investment bankers. But do you get the final say? Because in theory, you're the expert. In theory, <laughs> these quant guys from Merrill Lynch and all these places, <laughs> they there are a lot of guys who actually have quantitative experience. They bring in these advanced numbers and analytics, which I claim to understand, but I have <laughs> no idea. So really, it's like, you know, Jim from the hedge fund gets to do this? Jim from the, do you know Jim from the hedge fund? There's a group in our fantasy league who won a... A knockout pool and won over a hundred thousand. Oh my goodness! This is there's a crazy world out there. <laughs> Apparently, that's Perloff's version of crazy. Hanging out with the hedge fund guys. Eight five five two one two four CBS. No hey. ayahuasca. Sorry, <laughs> not really my crowd or my speed. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Good night now.